In the chapter of Timeless Sun or Timeless Meditation, Master Sutisan writes down this one line that can change our life. Each and every time you are in contact with a sensory condition, do not forget to keep the thought in mind that an opportunity for practice has arrived. So each and every time, so that's every moment, we come in contact with a sensory condition. So anything that we encounter that brings up emotions like delight or sorrow, anger, fear, anything that causes an imbalance in our life. So Desan is saying exactly at this moment, don't forget to keep the thought in mind that this is your chance to practice. When we come an, into contact with something, and for example, there's a disturbance, that first thought that arises or that emotion that arises, that's an opportunity. It's the moment that we can look at the situation objectively. What's coming up for me? Why am I reacting this way? Why, what am I feeling in, in the body? And this moment is critical because when there is awareness, we have a choice. With awareness, you now have the option to choose the path to less suffering. Because you now see that a challenging situation is not necessarily a misfortune, but it's a time for me to practice. You are choosing not to live on automatic pilot, but you're taking the situation into your own hands. And this should be very hopeful news to us because it's saying every place, every moment is your training ground for spiritual development. It's a time to get to know who we truly are. Even what we consider the most mundane activities, these are our opportunities to grow. So there's a story of a founding master Swetizan with a disciple who ate too fast, who talked too much. And so he said to the disciple, eating a meal, speaking a single word, those are also practice. If you eat too fast, if you eat too much, you're going to get sick. And... If you say things that are unnecessary or that deviate from the right way, then you will meet misfortune. So how then, Master Sutasan says, how can you become careless by considering eating a meal, speaking a word to be trivial acts? A practitioner must see every situation as an opportunity to practice. You too must set your heart upon this practice. So an opportunity to practice while even eating a meal, even when speaking with a friend. So what is an opportunity? Think back on your life. What did you consider as an opportunity? When we hear the word, what usually comes to mind? Um, usually circumstances that make it possible to do something um, or a chance to progress or advance. You hear the expressions, seize the opportunity, grab the opportunity. This is a rare opportunity. They come in all different sizes. And some are hardly noticeable and others can be life-changing. But there's a commonality. 
and that opportunities are usually considered one, they're positive, and two, that they're external. So seize the opportunity to get a great job, to get a, a better position, make more money. But the opportunity that we're talking about in One Buddhism is different. It's an ex internal opportunity. It's not about grabbing, seizing, or accumulating. We're about emptying, reflecting, shedding, dismantling, letting go. It's a chance to get closer to our present centered awareness. So Sutisan connects each sensory condition with an opportunity for practice. And what is the purpose of our practice? He clearly explains in the chapter of Timeless Sun. Sun, you may be more familiar with the Japanese term Zen. In Korean, we call it Sun. But Sun is a practice that leads to the achievement of freedom of mind through gaining awakening to one's own nature, our nature which is free of discrimination and attachment. So our practice is to achieve freedom of mind so that when we use our mind and body, that it follows, you know, perf perfect, complete, utterly impartial and selfless. In a passage from the chapter on sending on spirits in transition, uh, Master Sutisan says, because the Buddhas and enlightened, ma enlightened masters have awakened to what is original in their self-natures and have attained freedom of mind, they break through this natural karma. However, ordinary humans and sentient beings have attained neither what is original in their self-natures nor freedom of mind. So they're dragged by their natural karma and experience immeasurable suffering. So when we seize the chance to practice, we are choosing to live as a Buddha. And when we achieve freedom of mind, we overflow with wisdom, we overflow with blessings, because the source of wisdoms and blessings is this sun practice. And that's why Swatisan says that those who have been determined to achieve the great way, they've all practiced sun. When you read the chapter of Timeless Sun, when describing, you know, training the mind, Swatisan uses expressions like, it's like training an ox, right? Where if the reins of the mind are dropped, even for a moment, it will instantly harm one's commitment to the way. Or the expression, that spirit which is ready to fight to the bitter end. These are pretty intense expressions, okay? He's not saying walk the ox. He's not saying argue, you know, to the bitter end. He's like saying fight and train. So he's saying, listen, the practice is not easy. But don't run away. Fourth head Dharma Master Trasan says, one who flees sensory conditions so as not to be moved is one who has lost already. He's saying, this is our material. This is our material for, for practice. To flee, he says, is to be as foolish as a per person who wishes to swim yet flees the water. Or a person who wishes to drive but avoids the highway. How sad it is when someone who wishes to practice sun wanders about in search of a good place to practice 
who wishes to stop all activity and sit quietly when he or she practices. So Sutta San is saying, these challenging situations that we face in life also help to check the degree of our practice. When you, and you will know that when you have a difficult situation, you'll see, ah, what is triggering me? What, what is that button that's being pressed? Right. So it's our measuring scale as practitioners. It's measuring, you know, how much freedom of mind have I attained? And Master Sutisan was very confident. He said, if you do this training, you will attain freedom of mind little by little. So my dear Dharma friend and I have been practicing journaling together for over a year. We decided to share our mind journal entries. And this started around the time of when the pandemic started. Uh, we decided, okay, let's write our journals, you know, situations that disturbed us um, and how we handled it. And then we would send it to each other by text. And I recently scrolled through our entries and interestingly, interestingly found that my Dharma friend used the word opportunity a lot. So in many of her entries, she was able to see a challenging situation in a new light. And this could have been an incident with a family member, a colleague, or a habit that, you know, she wanted to break. She saw these as opportunities for practice. So in a recent entry, she ended with the line, I'm certain this issue will arise again, providing me with another opportunity to practice with it. And it's one line, but it's radical. It's life-changing. This is the power of opportunity. We are choosing not to fall into habits or tendencies. We're building the courage to be with what is, to be honest with what's coming up, to be willing to sit with the judgmental thoughts, willing to observe our automatic reactions, and making an intention to transform. So we pause give space for objective observation and inquiry. And we're just allowing that innate compassion to flow. But the question is, what if the sensory condition is unbearable? Um, it's bringing me so much frustration, pain, anger, then what? And this happens a lot in our relationships. Like, it'd be great if we got along with everyone. But the reality is, is there's always a few people that give us a hard time. The true Buddhas in our life. So a thought usually comes up for me when I meet a difficult person. And the first thought is, just go away. And the second thought is usually, like now? And instead of considering it my practice, I just want to push it aside. Just, you know, get out of sight. I'll put my fingers outside, blame that person. I just don't want to deal with it. But what's interesting is that the moment you try to get rid of a sensory condition in front of you, well, guess what? There is another sweet and savory sensory condition waiting for you. There's like this line of sensory conditions. And it's, you know, our, our moment, the universe is giving us these opportunities to reflect on ourselves. So the one thing I'm learning is, is just to let go of that wish for a sensory condition to go away. Because I'll just keep, I'll be continuing to run 
which doesn't solve anything. And why is that? Even if I try to escape, I will meet that sensory condition at some point in time. And I won't be equipped with the tools to deal with it. So what's important is not trying to wish for a difficult situation to disappear, but using that as a moment for my mind practice so that I cultivate the strength and wisdom to handle it more mindfully the next time it comes around. And each and every sensory condition is a time for self-reflection. Why am I experiencing this suffering? Another way of asking this is what is hindering my freedom of mind? If we go deeper into this question, we may begin to see that much of the suffering that we experience is because of our attachments and because of our discriminations. We discriminate between what we think is right and wrong, good, bad. I am right, you are wrong. It should be like this and not like that. And these thoughts create a box, it creates boundaries. And so when life falls within my boundaries, everything's comfortable. If it goes beyond that, I get disturbed. So when I interact with other people, if you satisfy my criteria, my criteria of what I think is right, what I think is, is, is wholesome, then we'll get along just fine. But will everyone fit my criteria? No, right? I don't even fit my criteria sometimes. And yet we expect everyone else to follow our preferences. So if I want to be comfortable, there are two options. The first is either you have to satisfy my preferences or what's the alternative? I have to let go of my boundaries. And how do I do this? It's to put all the categories down, the categories like it has to be like this, she should be like this, how could he not be like this? Putting those discriminations all down. It's to have the ability to take the situation as it is or to embrace the person as they are. And when we develop this ability, we're not easily clinging to our views and we're not easily disturbed by each and every sensory condition we encounter. We're not so attached. And this requires repetition and practice for a long, long Long, 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 long time. And when we practice this for a long time, we no longer try to escape or avoid each sensory condition, but we seize it as a chance to look at ourselves. And the mind becomes more comfortable because whereas before you were discriminating and fighting with the situation, now you allow yourself more space. You allow for that compassion to grow. And when we grow compassion, we don't hold resentment about the situation. We don't hold anger towards the person. We might even be able to see a new perspective of the situation. For example, we might come to realize, you know what, actually it was my fault too. When we have space, we, are, we can see something new about the person. You know what, that person is trying too. Maybe there's something going on in their life that make, that's making it difficult for them. And that's why they're reacting in this way. So not forgetting to keep the thought in mind, not forgetting, it requires a certain power. And to help us gain this power of not, to not forget, 
Sutasan provided that clearly in that chapter of Timeless Sons. When the sixth sense organs are free from activity, remove distracted thoughts and nurture the one mind. When the sixth sense organs are involved in activity, remove the wrong, nurture the right. So when at rest in one Buddhism, what we do is we rest our awareness on the tanjan, which is our energy center located just below the navel, placing our awareness in this area, putting all unnecessary thoughts down. It's the, it's the practice of emptying the mind, not playing with our thoughts. When we're in action, it's about the practice of focusing with a single mind on whatever it is that we're doing. This is also a practice of emptying the mind. It shares the same principle as resting our awareness on the tanjan. And why is that the case? Because when we focus on a task with one mind, we only think what is necessary to get that task done. We put any unnecessary thoughts down. So we are emptying unnecessary thinking, focusing on the task at hand. And as you know, the mind travels to the past, it travels to the future, travels, to, you know, to, can travel to another country, you know, and this may cause us to make mistakes as we go along. So when we focus, not only do we see better results, we also feel the benefits of meditation. So while sitting each and every time the mind wanders off, we usually say, bring back it, your attention to the tanjan. While working every time time the mind wanders off or every time you have unnecessary thinking put that down focus back on what you're doing those moments where you go off and you come back those are also the opportunities of practice so with one mind in action and at rest what we are doing is we are attaining the power of Iduan we are uniting with the substance and nature of Iduan so third head Dharma Master Tesan would say, when the false sense of I falls away, we attain the awesome power of Idwan. When the deluded thoughts are dropped, we unite with the substance and nature of Idwan. So the false sense of I, deluded thoughts are the same thing. When our false sense of I falls away, so do our deluded thinking. So when we encounter difficult situations and seize it as a chance for practice, we are coming closer to attaining that awesome power of Idwan. Another way of saying this is that we come closer to achieving freedom of mind. So when Yang Tuishin was starting out as an ordained devotee, she requested a Dharma instruction that would nourish her spiritual vow for the rest of her life. And second head Dharma Master Chong San wrote down for her this vow. Since favorable and adverse sensory conditions provide me with opportunities for learning and wholesome and unwholesome people alike guide me along the road of practice, I shall never forget to feel joy and gratitude for both of them. So as we leave here today, may this also be part of our spiritual vow. Favorable and adverse sensory conditions provide us with opportunities for learning and wholesome and unwholesome people alike guide us along the road of practice. Let us never forget to feel joy and gratitude for both of them. Thank you. <laughs>